Welcome to Be Kind to Your Mind, the teen-led podcast that explores all you need to know about mental health. In each episode, we break down the world's most important issues, the issues inside of your own head. We are one of many hubs a part of the Global Collab Network, an organization of teen-led activism to achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs. Specifically, our mental health hub is tackling SDG number three, good health and well-being. We're always looking for more donations or more teens to help keep the ball rolling. So please take a chance to change the world by signing up at teensdreamcollab.org or check out the links in the description. With that being said, let's get the show on the road. In 2013, a 12-year-old girl named Rebecca Sedwick committed suicide by jumping off an abandoned cement plant, but the story only gets darker. Before the incident, she was already battling depression and issues regarding anxiety, leading to her to have already been introduced to the idea of self-harm. She was hospitalized for three days and was released back to her school, only to experience hateful comments telling her that she should seriously deserve to die and that she should drink bleach and die. The effects of these impactful actions caused her to start having suicidal thoughts, which were believed to have started a year before her death. Her internet search history also reflected her feelings, such as how much Advil do you have to overdose in order to die? And she was found to have scars from razor blades as well. Before her death, she changed her online name to that dead girl, stating to one of her friends that she's jumping. She can't take it anymore. What's even worse was that police found text messages a week before her death, asking her why she was still alive and that she should go kill herself. When she finally died in Lakeland, Florida, she was, seven, she was in the seventh grade. We can see that the issue of bullying is not just a small issue, but something larger and more deadly than most people think. That's why in this episode, we'd like to understand why bullies bully, why the bystander stands still, and why the bullied stay bullied. In the process of making the video, we have a group of members from our mental health hub to shine a light on these questions and more. So without further ado, here's the first question. Looking back on the article, do you think that Rebecca's um, case was unique to other suicide cases? Um, I think it was because usually when people start developing suicidal thoughts and all of that, everybody comes in to help them feel like they're needed and wanted. And in this case, everybody just got her further and further into the whole of um, suicidal thoughts. I think her case shows that cyberbullying is definitely becoming more prominent as society gets more like modernized and focused on technology. Um, and so I think that her case was definitely unique to her, but it reflects the pattern that we're seeing more and more in suicide cases. I really want to agree with Alexandra. I think that the fact that I guess she was like pushed by bullying is not unique, but I think that the fact that she had such overwhelming like opposition or like people, people telling her like literally like that many people to tell her to just go kill herself was pretty unique. So moving on to the next question, I know that we were seeing, I guess, this big influence of cyberbullying. So there are several studies showing that there's a big rise in cyberbullying over traditional bullying methods. Do you think that cyberbullying is worse than traditional bullying? And if so, why? Have you had any experiences of cyberbullying that you guys would like to share? 
can start off with this one. I definitely think cyberbullying is way worse than the traditional bullying because for me personally, I've been bullied in school so many times where I was like face to face with them, but then I can come home and I wouldn't have to be bothered by them for the rest of the day. With cyberbullying, it's around you 24-7 basically, especially now with kids being glued to their phones. So there's no really way to get um, rid of it unless you want to get rid of your social media or you want to block people but some people are too again too attached to those things in their lives that they don't even want to do that so cyberbullying is just something that just feels very inescapable at times and I definitely think it's worse too because they're behind a screen so you can't really I wouldn't say fight back you can fight back with them but the bullies are not going to you know, be afraid that something's going to happen to them. Like they're going to get repercussions because of their bullying. When you're behind a screen, you can say whatever you want. And you think you're like almighty, all powerful with your words that way. If you're face to face, it's definitely not the same. I really agree with that. I think that bullies tend to be a lot more toxic and a lot more hateful on social media than like in person, because um, in reality, the idea of cyberbullying is a lot is really new. So not only are there, I guess, a lot less of, I guess, this oversight looking at the law on like how like cyberbullying can be viewed like as a criminal offense. And, and then again, it's like along with that, as Ryan said, somebody can just go completely like incognito on like on the internet. So like they can have like one identity on like, I guess, online and then one identity in like in person. And so that really allows them to be really hateful to people knowing that they won't, I guess, be caught. I completely agree with that. I think being anonymous, being behind a screen, being able to change your name definitely makes people more interested in cyberbullying because they know it's going to be harder to get away with it. Um, I think another aspect of cyberbullying is when you're face-to-face, by definition, you have to know the person or you have to be able to have contact with that person. But with cyberbullying, we've seen a rise of people just like going after famous people or people who live across the world or people that they don't even know in real life but they just want to tell negative things to them um, for whatever reason and so I think that definitely adds to why cyberbullying is so prominent along with what you said about how since everyone has access to their phones 24 7 it's just completely constant. Do you think that I um that I guess why do you think that people target celebrities over um, instead of like, I guess, being more locally? Is it because of jealousy? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I would say that definitely jealousy and like maybe admiring their confidence or their wealth or anything like that and recognizing that you don't have what they have might want to inspire cyberbullying. Um, as well as maybe just like disagreeing with the celebrity and wanting to show your alternative perspective, um, but not knowing how to do that in a productive kind way. I would say like, I think that people like to jump on a bandwagon of wanting to cancel celebrities or hate on celebrities because they don't see them as actual people still a lot of time you know they're idolized so you think you know their life is perfect they have everything they want let's find like one little thing just to shut them down just to put them down to be kind of leveled with just 
regular people. But in all reality, like everyone's the same. Everyone goes through issues and everyone has their ups and downs. Sometimes when celebrities are canceled for something or bullied for something, it's something that one of us average teenagers might have done or someone might have slipped up on. And that goes with bullying just in general within the cyberbullying kind of world. It is very easy to jump on a trend to bully people. So say that there's bystanders who are kind of watching this person being bullied, they might feel the need that they have to bully them too so that they don't get bullied or so that people don't start hating on them. And that's what I kind of think of when I think about cancel culture or bullying amongst celebrities. It's like, if you defend the celebrity, then you're the problem too. Or if you are not gonna make fun of the celebrity or hate the celebrity as well, you're gonna get bullied too. So it's kind of that same thing of, if there's a kid at your school and you're not also participating in shutting them down, then you're going to be with them and you're going to start getting shut down as well. Yeah, I I would definitely agree. I feel like it it can be rooted in a lot of just like self-preservation. And then also that aspect of just following everyone else, following that trend, staying in your social norm um, and being too afraid to speak out or act against what everyone else is doing which i think is especially common in the teenage demographic yeah um there's a study that says that although 80 percent of bullying happens in front of other people 20 percent of these bystanders act against bullies and um a larger 25 percent encourage the bullying and that's that was really prevalent at least in my life because i had to go through a lot of like really traumatic bullying but it was not just because, I guess, of that constant, like, I guess, harassment um, verbally and, like, in person. But I think it was also because a lot of my friends felt kind of, like, influenced by, I guess, their hatred. And so, like, they didn't want to, I guess, defend them in fear of, like, I guess, in some ways, as you guys have said, kind of, like, incriminating themselves and kind of, like, put, making, putting themselves in a really bad place. And so, like, there was, like, so, like, most of the time, they would either, one, just, like, leave the area or two, like, They'd probably, there were situations where they were even helping the bully. Why do you, but I guess going on to the next question, why do you think that there's, I guess, this really low acceptance of like other ideas, which leads to, I guess, this violence, not only on the internet, but in person? Um, I think that a lot of people worry too much about how other people perceive them. And so they they want to be more like everybody else. They want to fit into that group. And then more and more people go to that group and you're left with less than a handful of people that really want to be their own person, want to do their own things. And it's really harmful to the people that are getting bullied because they don't have many people on their side and all of that. In my experiences, I've had some people come up to me who are part of that group that wants to fit in. So, and they'll come up to me and they show a different side. They, they say, are you okay? Do you want me to go talk to somebody about this? And you can see that some people want to be not in that group, that voice. I love that response. I definitely agree with that. 
I think to, I guess, build on to that, I wanted to bring up this, uh, another statistic, only 20, 20.2% of all bullying incidents are reported by the victim themselves. And as you said, most of those reports come um, by, I guess, other bystanders that are viewing it. Why do you think that people that are bullied are so scared of um, reporting their incidents? I think they're too scared sometimes to report themselves that they're being bullied because they think that it's going to make them look worse or even make them look weak. Even though I think that if you go and report your own bullying, you're not weak at all. And you're actually strong enough to you know, defend yourself. And it's really powerful of you just to be able to do that. But I feel like it shouldn't have this kind of, I would say, stigma against reporting your own bullying because a lot of people would think like oh you're like a little child and I think that people are afraid to just go and show people because I feel like that will add power in a way to the bullies um, even though telling on the person or like kind of saying hey I've been bullied stops the bullies in a way it will be like later on this gives them another reason to bully even more if that makes sense or to hate on this kid even more because the bully didn't get their way. So they're gonna be like, oh, let's just keep doing it because we hate you even more now because you got me in trouble. So I feel like that is definitely a reason that kids are afraid because it's just gonna become this repeated cycle of being bullied. I know in my experience, this isn't me like telling on someone, but like a bias, someone who I expected to be a bystander when I got bullied actually stood up for me to the bully. But then that person, got bullied as well in that moment and then the bully kept bullying me because someone else involved themselves into the situation so it's kind of the same thing of just standing up to the bully for some reason it ignites another like light inside of them to just want to keep going because you know in their eyes you made the situation worse for them in a way that they're not benefiting at all yeah we can definitely see this idea of I guess being people being bullied, I guess, not really having freedom and being able to end the bullying. But we could definitely, I guess, talk more about um idea that you can stop bullying by defending yourself. Um, could we try to discuss some steps to start off with in order to, I guess, um stop um further bullying from happening to somebody? You can always go talk to an adult or you can this doesn't work in all situations, but you can go up to the bully and try to have a heart to heart conversation with them about why they've been doing this and what what prompted them to start bullying you you could also ask some of the bystanders that were there in the situation if anything had happened before then if you did something that angered the bully or if somebody made the bully mad and they just needed to take out their anger there's there's a couple of ways you can do it, but it really depends on the situation of how you would. I really agree with what you said about, I guess, this kind of, um, I guess, this consulting the bully, because as you guys um, probably have read constantly, there's often a correlation between not, um, sometimes the bullies t- tend to, I guess, have been bullied in the past. And I think that kind of, I guess, pain that kind of desire for others to feel pain causes them, I guess, to want to bully in the first place. And then also, I guess, like in um, environmental factors can also cause them to domestic problems, like with their family and stuff like that. So like, I really agree with what you said. 
yeah, just going off of what Kosh says is kind of this mindset thing too. You don't know what the bully is going through themselves. They might be living in a horrible environment at home. Something There's something within them that kind of ignites them just to put their anger out on you, which of course is not the best way to do things, but you kind of have to realize yourself put into your head that like something is going on with them it's not all just me and you're not automatically a problem in life they are having different problems they're just kind of forcing it onto you so it's not like I don't want to say you're a burden in their life or they're you're just something that you everyone should automatically hate because that's not true they're just you know reflecting something that's happening to them onto you and that's how I think Alexandra was saying you can have a heart-to-heart with this person and you guys can kind of find empathy with each other trying to understand each other's issues and not letting them know but like having them understand or figure out themselves that they should seek help because if they keep pushing things onto you you're gonna end up having to seek your own help and you don't want that you know this is kind of a situation of bullying it's affecting two people at the same time I think it's best for them to figure out a way to solve their own problems or figure out um, what's going on with them before projecting on someone else because obviously that's not going to help the person they're projecting it on would you guys agree that like I guess a step that should be taken in the future is to I guess mitigate I guess this idea of punishment for bullying and rather like I guess increase the need for rehabilitation because I think that as you guys have said earlier, um, when somebody gets punished, it only makes them really a lot more angry and want to be a lot more vengeful and like, I guess, getting back for, I guess, the punishment they received. But I think that like, if we really go back into re- like, I guess, rehabilitating or like, I guess, trying to understand like the root of like, I guess, this pent up anger, it might really help a lot with, I guess, being able to stop, I guess, them from bullying other people in the future. What do you guys think are important factors, though, in being able to create a rehabilitating environment for bullies? Um, I agree with everything you just said. I think punishment, at some point, the bullies realize that it's not that bad. They'll get through it. I think some steps that people would be able to take to help form rehabilitation First of all, find out what is happening in their in their homes, in their lives, if something has ever happened to them and be able to relate to them. Because in many situations, if you have somebody that can relate to you, it makes a big difference. You have somebody who's been through this, can help you get through this. And you can also get to the source of their, their anger, of their if they have resentment against something. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think to build on to that, um, I really liked what you were talking about, I guess, about like getting people to, um, I guess, understand, I guess, what you're going through. And I think that a big part of that is, I guess, socialization, being able, being able to, I guess, interact with more people, because there are other like instances of bullying where like, for example, um, they may be racially motivated and um, motivated based off of like gen- gender stereotypes. So like by, I guess, exposing bullies to I guess, different types of people, they'll have a more open, I guess, idea of like, different types of people are okay in this world, and that like, they should be accepted and appreciated. What do you guys think about that? 
Um, yes, I agree with you, Kosh. I think that they are kind of surrounded by different people and I wouldn't even say like force, but they have to learn how to interact with these different people. It will really open up their minds and help them kind of understand these different people and be okay with being around them because I definitely think at times, even though we want to think that bullies just have their own problems at home and things like that, it also can, can be just their opinions on certain types of people. And at least you would like them to kind of change this perception and so they can just interact with people as they are, as they are human beings too. And I think Alexandria was kind of saying earlier and you were saying as well, you wanna look for those root problems and definitely diverge the anger from those problems into different things in our life or have them work through those root problems before projecting on other people. Say they're having problems at home, like kind of if they were in a place of rehabilitation, they can learn different communication skills so they can start communicating things at home. So they don't have to go around to other people at school and kind of putting their anger out onto them or kind of communicating with them how they would want to communicate with their parents, things like that. Our school has a program and it's called Student Ambassadors. And it's where you have a group of people and any, any new person that comes to our school from any grade, it can be in kindergarten, they can be a junior, you are assigned a person and you make that person feel welcome, you introduce them to people. And if we have some of the, if we could have some of the people that were bullying kind of get themselves involved with the new people that are coming, have almost a new start with the new person, have them open up to them because if a new person comes to a school, they're most likely not going to know anybody. So that's the perfect opportunity for somebody to really express their feelings to that person because that person won't judge them if they've never met them before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, at our school, we also actually have um, student ambassadors. Um, I'm not sure if it's for your school, but they in particular help with like orientation and stuff like that. And then along with that, on the first day of school, like they're there to, I guess, support like freshmen and, and like incoming students who are like trying to navigate the halls. And I think that that's really good. And like, I guess not only like hoping like somebody is like trying to navigate the school for the first time, but I think also like kind of showing them that they are like kind of like supported in this, it really helps. I think it's really important to be able to like integrate these bullies in their community um, because we definitely know there are so many mental benefits of socialization. Um, but I also think for some bullies and people in general, it can be really hard to just like connect with people immediately, um, especially when these bullies are being reintroduced to people who know that they are bullies and are afraid of being the next targets. So I think it's, it, it's also very important to have support from someone separate, separate from this situation, not like a friend or even like a family member, maybe like a school counselor or an outside therapist or someone who can give guidance and suggestions on how to like reintegrate with people who you used to bully. 
and that way they can help you through it because it can be really hard to just jump into it immediately especially for people with like social anxiety or who are uncomfortable or awkward around people so I think it's really important to have support for them as well yeah speaking about that I guess the next question I can talk about is that um, pe- like you said, people with, I guess, these kind of, I guess, um, social and or mental disorders tend to, I guess, experience bullying a lot more than like the average person. But I think along with that, people who are bullied tend to get bullied over the long term as well. And there's this article that I was ta- that I was looking at where I was talking about, I guess, this aura of like a bullied person more like it, like it's like a magnet to like attra- attract like more bullies. And so they talk about how like that can really like um, cause like bullying later in life, for example, like, in, like I said, in the workplace, have you guys been able to relate to any of those? Or would you guys like to add on to that? Um, so I believe if you've been bullied once, it's almost like, you're not going to become immune to it or anything. But you know what it's like, and it, you may not act on it right away. Just because you've been bullied and you really don't want to deal with it, especially if you have a job, you're really focused on doing that job and any any kind of bullying or anything, you really, it's not something you would want to deal with. For me, I have, I'm a part of ASD or student council and I'm also, I have a job in an area where a lot of people don't look like me, I would say. And so in student council, I've been bullied purely just because I'm in student council or that I don't do everything so immediately for the benefit of the students. Say like I'm at registration, there will be kids who will say really rude things to me and like directly say, like make comments about me that kind of feel like bullying just because I didn't get their books quickly enough. Or at work, I've been been given like racially sensitive comments about me before and um to say that's like a whole different aspect of like a different thing but that's still in my eyes bullying and I'm trying to do my job I'm trying to work but even though I've been bullied before just in classes or through ASB or through my work I wouldn't say I've been immune to it I've become more afraid of it and um from just saying i one time I got bullied by these two girls freshman year. Throughout my last four years of high school, I've made it my like mission to avoid them at all times. And to even, I've changed my classes before just so I wouldn't be in a class with them because it affected me a lot. And I wanna be in an environment where I'm not gonna be bullied by them. And in my um, extracurriculars now or in my workplace, I've made sure that I'm you know, doing everything correctly or something that other people would like to please them because I become so afraid of this bullying. And I would say I haven't become too immune to bullying, but I don't even want to say I've been, I learned to avoid it as I learned that I need to find places that make me feel comfortable or be in an environment where I know I'll feel safe. And so with bullying or being bullied, you don't just want to get used to it. You're not like, oh, okay this happened, I'm going to ignore it. You could choose to ignore it, which sometimes I do. And sometimes I kind of laugh at it now, but because I think of it as like, they probably have something going on in their lives. So they're just projecting on me. 
but definitely like if you're one that being bullied, you want to just find places where you know you won't be bullied or you know you'll be accepted. Regarding the question about why people who are bullied at a younger age continue to be bullied throughout their lives, I would totally agree with Ryan that people are more susceptible to being bullied if they're visibly different from the norm or the society that you live in or even your community. Um, and I think this can be visible things like you're a different race than a lot of people or you identify as a different gender than people expect you to identify as. And regarding other like disorders, I know like within my school, the people who tend to be targeted are those with like visible autism or Tourette's or ADHD. And so I think a huge factor in bullying is just looking different. And that's really easy to spot whether or not you know the person. So throughout life, people can target you as, oh, that person has autism. I'm going to bully them. Um, so you don't even really have to know them. You just have to see them and judge them from that first glance. And that creates, honestly, like a lifetime of bullying for the victim because they can mask their appearance in some way. They can find ways to appear less like who they really are. But if they're like identifiable as different, quote unquote, from other people's expectations, then that instantly makes them a target for their entire life. Oh my God, thank you. I, I have so much to talk about now. So I had three major incidents of bullying. The first one were, were during my first four years of um, elementary school. And so um, I, it was just being constantly picked on by these two girls. But the worst part, I guess, was that like nobody really took attention to it. So they basically kept on being really rude, really like awful people. And then after I went to an, like once I went to like a, G, a gifted and talented school, I was the only new kid really um, out of our class. So there was one other new person, but like that made it really hard to make friends. And so like I was alone a lot of the time and that made it really easy for me to get bullied during my final year of elementary school. And so as I went back to my middle school, because I didn't make it into the gifted and talented middle school, a lot of people already knew that like, that like I was bullied. So like, I kind of had this aura where people tended not to like, like me as much. And so like people would tend to avoid me a lot. And so finally, I was able to make friends because I moved to like a completely new area. But um, during that time, and I'm guessing a little bit about it was I guess this anxiety and stress that I got from bullying, but I actually developed Tourette syndrome. And so that made it even worse because people would just stare at me at class. Um, and it got really bad at one point because like for like my test, I had to be moved outside because this was a distraction to other people. And so that really made it really bad to the point where like, um, I got made fun of in class by like somebody who's just screamed like, why was I doing this? What, why are you being so annoying? And then that manifested to the scene where like, I was just nervous in general to go in public because like, I was just nervous that like people would automatically jump me and say how, how, how much they hated my Tourette's. So I can definitely relate to like, I guess that kind of like cycle of bullying and how like that <laughs> it'll only add on as I guess times get worse. Okay. I just have a question for you, then Akash. Do you feel like 
even though it's probably gotten worse for you and you have this fear, have you learned to kind of grow stronger from it and fight back? How I was saying earlier for me, I like to, you know, find different ways to feel safe where I'm at and feel comfortable and not surround myself by people who would potentially bully me. Do you kind of try to do that as well? Or do you just still, you kind of have this built up fear because of how much you've been bullied? Yeah, um, I'm kind of fresh off of the bullying kind of spot. So like, I'm a little bit like mixed right now. So like a little bit about me kind of says like, is that kind of like thing that like we said not to do or like, I'm kind of just like kind of ignoring my feelings at this moment. So like that way, because like, it was really bad. <laughs> but like you said, a lot of it's also kind of, I guess, this fear of like, I guess, people in general. Um, I tend to be very nervous around people in general, because like, I, I kind of get like this kind of fear of like, I guess, making interaction with them only to like, I guess, have it all thrown away. And in general, like, I tend to kind of like avoid people like who like are popular in school and all of that stuff, because like, those were the kinds of people that kind of like started all of the shenanigans. So like, it was it's kind of I'm kind of at that kind of like crossing point now, because like, um, middle school is kind of like that changing point, because I didn't, I've never experienced anybody like, really like, compassionate and nice in like a long time so it's I'm kind of at that crossing point now where like I'm, I'm kind of starting to accept people a little, little bit okay yeah I think um you know it's okay to accept that people are the way they are and you can try changing them or you can try to find different outlets where you feel like you'll feel comfortable or you, you're afraid to go up to people and have a conversation just to throw it away it, I feel like it's good just to Eventually, you have to get up, and you can't just keep trying to fight to be with, around these people or around groups that you already know that's going to give you, like, negative energy, as you say, are not going to accept you, and you kind of have to find different places where you know you're going to be accepted, and it's going to be, like, a safe place. I would say, like, here right now um, in this mental health dream hub, like, this might be one of your safe places where you'll be accepted by us, and we definitely don't look at you for your Tourette's or we don't see a costume we're like oh my gosh it's the guy with Tourette's we see a kosh or a lovable kosh and it's kind of in life even though you're getting bullied and it sucks sometimes you can't defend yourself against bullying and sometimes it won't stop but that's how then I how I've gone about it is ignoring those people realizing they're not going to be in your lives forever and you know this shouldn't be something you have to keep facing every day it's trying to find different routes in life to and going through those routes, still finding ways to make yourself happy in life, but know that you're going to be comfortable and you're going to be accepted wherever you go. Yeah, bringing up the idea of, I guess, a safe place. Our last question is, what are the components of a good safe place? And along with that, how can um, people that are experiencing bullies um, be able to find, I guess, this safe place? I think a safe place is a place where you can be yourself, can talk to whoever is in that safe place about anything you want to. You can talk about how good your day was, how bad it was. It's really just a place where you can let go, let your guard down if you still have that up. Really just be able to not care what other people around you are doing just being able to live in that moment 
and just to, really to be happy. It's a big part of it. To find one sometimes can be really hard. For me to find my safe place, it took until seventh grade. And before that, I, I switched from friend group to friend group. I switched schools, I think, four times in elementary school. And that, that got hard because at the school I'm in right now, we go from preschool all the way until 12th grade. So by the time I came, there was already a lot of friendships formed. Everybody had known each other since they were basically in diapers. And it it took a while, but once I got there, it was it was the best thing that had ever happened. I've just been so happy and I feel like I can talk to my friends about anything. I can call them at two in the morning crying and they'll pick up, they'll consult me. And it just, it's a really great thing to have. Wow. I really have to agree with that. I think that like being bullied, it kind of comes with its own kind of like, I guess, eeks where like, I guess when other people are going through, I guess, incidents of bullying, you can really be there to help them and like give them your advice. Um, being bullied is kind of like living proof that like bullying can't destroy you when you have really good friends and when you have things that you can hold on to. Yeah, I think something that's really beautiful about safe spaces is it's not going to look the same for everyone. And that probably makes it really hard to find a safe space because you don't have a definition for what it's going to be like for you. Um, But I think to find your safe space, it's really helpful to just be in touch with your emotions and be able to recognize how different people, different places, um, different objects, like how they make you feel. Because I know for a lot of people, they feel really safe in their close group of friends where they feel like all this trust and like a reciprocal relationship where they can rely on each other and they're really genuine and honest and they can be themselves. For other people, it might look like a specific place, like a physical location where you feel like you don't have to worry as much about the world or where you can just like curl up and relax, do whatever that helps you feel better. So I really think being in touch with like how you feel with certain things is really the way to find your safe space because it's not one size fits all. Oh yeah. So like, I agree. It's like kind of, you have to gain like emotional intelligence, I would say um, to really know your safe places. Cause even within your safe places or like groups that I'm in, I always find little things that don't feel right for me or make me uncomfortable and things like that. And so in some ways I think how Lauren was saying like you find your safe place within your small group of friends or even like in a larger group even then you can decide within those places how much you want to put yourself out there or how much you want to I wouldn't say rely on those places but when you think about those places how much those places are meaningful to you because you can still find like safeness within these different places but with different aspects of it I guess you can say like do you feel comfortable with this safe place to talk to them about certain things or do you feel comfortable with these safe places knowing there are people you can eat with at lunch and within those like 30 minutes time you'll feel safe and comfortable knowing you're not going to get bullied or harassed kind of those kind of things like I know for me 
say I'm with my student council group, I feel safe with them knowing I have a place to go to on campus where I won't be judged for anything I do. But within that time I'm on campus, I don't feel comfortable with them in this way that say I'm coming to this hub and I can talk to Akash about anything if I'm annoyed by something or something's happening with me. Akash could be the person I go to to talk about something. Same thing for him. I think we have this kind of relationship where like if he has a problem or he wants to rant about something, he can rant about it to me. And that's how I feel too. If I have a problem, I can go into our team's dream group chat and talk about it. It's kind of that thing of like knowing where my like safeness kind of goes to. That makes sense at all. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think going back to, I guess, this, this I, idea of, I guess, um, emotional learning, I think that as a, you tend to, when you're bullied, you, like I, like I said, um, you kind of deal with, I guess, this initial, like, I guess, um, block of, I guess, people kind of disliking you. But I think that as you make friends and you learn from their experiences of, I guess, I guess, bullying yourself, you kind of understand, like, you're not in, I guess, this problem alone. And I think that that's really, that's a, that was a really important breakthrough for me. One, because it kind of restored my faith and like, I guess, not just, I mean, not humanity per se, but I guess like my faith and I guess that like I, I'm here for a reason and like I, I should continue to be here to serve that reason, whatever it is. And so I think that a big part of, I guess, this emotional learning journey is, um, I guess, coming to um, terms and I guess not in a bad way, in fact, in a good way that there are people who also experience bullying and that even if it might not seem as big as yours because your own situation is unique and important, you always have those people to kind of ask to kind of not not just gain help with, but like to be able to sympathize and empathize with each other. Yeah, so unfortunately, it seems like we might have to start wrapping things up. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for your important opinions on bullying. And we hope to see you guys in another episode. Thank you. We hope that you've enjoyed our short podcast about bullying, its effects over the short and long term, and how you can stop this worldwide issue. Remember that only you can cause a change in your community, so spread this information out about the topic and about our hubs, and about what you can do to stop this problem. We believe in you, and we believe that you have the power to change the world. That's all for today, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it, and stay tuned for more episodes to come. For more information about joining our team, check out our website at teensdreamcollab.org/health, or find us on social media at Global Collab Network. Make sure you take care of yourself this week, and continue to be kind to your mind.